You're listening to the Monday Christian Podcast, the program that helps you put into action the truth of God's Word that you hear on Sunday to your everyday life on Monday. And now, here are your hosts, Ezra Beyer and David Hartkoff. Well, hey there, welcome to the Monday Christian Podcast again. Getting in here to the middle of summer, and some of you that know, uh, we have my wife and I, we have three kids, one on the way. So kind of a busy season of parenting, Dave. Uh, I got four oh. and coming up on four here. You got three and you're in the midst of a move. So yeah. kind of a timely conversation to have, you know, talk about the rhythms of parenting, the sacred seasons of life, all that. Very, very timely conversation we're going get, to get into today. Yeah. Yeah. Kayla's writing. We had, we get the privilege of uh, previewing a lot of materials and it just, it was encouraging to read practical stuff in there and just honestly uh it it left me encouraged rather than thinking about all the things i'm not doing as a parent because right isn't that like sometimes when you read a, a parenting your book you at least okay so my personality you know like you know the enneagram one there's all the 10 things that i have to fix you know because i read this and i i went away encouraged to like maybe uh we're, we'll talk you know with her about the breath prayers but there were just easy practices in there that i i felt like I was invited to join into rather than this sort of like guilt inducing thing. Cause I wasn't doing the 10 things uh, in the book that they were recommending. Yeah. That's the challenge with parenting, isn't it? Because you, you get into the rhythm of it. And again, we get, get into all of this, but you start and you kind of, you know, it's funny. You talk to young parents and whether they had just have maybe like one kid, everything is a major deal. So if the kid is going up the steps and he or she falls a little bit, then it's like, oh my goodness, what you know, what yeah. is and then by the third or fourth year, you're like, oh, you know, yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll yeah, be- they'll probably survive. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ask yeah. your we- older kid to go grab him. Okay, can you take care of Judson, please, Mal? Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think, but the big thing for me as a parent is I want to I want to adapt and change, but not in a way that hurts my walk with God. Right. I think sometimes yeah. you can fall into apathy and just say, well, you know what? This is what it is. And so I'm going to pull back from connecting with others, pull back from, you know, fellowship and, you know, um, and my relationship with God and kind of put that on hold. And uh, you don't want to do that. But then, like you're saying, you don't want to live in guilt all the time um, because you can't do what you used to do. So, yeah, things change. Yeah, things change as parents. But I think that, that every season that you can thrive with God, even if it looks a little different and I would just maybe challenge people that are on the in the throes of parenting, especially young kids, like um, to lean into easy, doable practices that you can because like we're formed by what we do daily. And rather than just Mm. these crazy goals, you know, I'm going to run a marathon this 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 quarter or this month or this this year or, you know, just but just, you know, Maybe instead of I'm just using exercise as an example, but maybe instead of like I'm I'm going to go train for a marathon, like we don't have time to do that, and so I'm going to do nothing rather than like I'm yeah. going to take a walk every evening with my spouse and my kids, and maybe just half mile, just something that is doable so that I'm healthy. And I feel like that with spiritual rhythms, it's it's a lot the same way. Like there are certain seasons when you can invest more time, less time, different time, um, but in every season, by God's grace, is also a good season, and I'm encouraged by that. Uh, through Kayla's reading today. Yep. Good stuff. Let's go ahead and get into this conversation that we had with Kayla Craig. Well, Kayla, it's so great to have you joining the Monday Christian today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, you got your cool pod. I know you do a lot of podcasting. 
was listening to some of it earlier. So you got your cool setup there, and I'm feeling very intimidated. That's that's that you that's well, that's so you know amazing. what? It, it looks fancier than it is. My husband built these for me, and they're on these like two by four kind of movable platforms. So ah. we have them just surrounding my desk in my office and the office is chaos but you don't see it because all you can see are the soundproof panels so it's great <laughs> i need to set up like here see because when i have clients and then those that are listening they are they're not they're going to miss out on this but behind me i've got all this stuff and kids love to come in and i feel like every meeting before a client i have to go and reorganize the whole area behind me so i need like a drop down green screen or something like that yes <laughs> yeah life lots easier um yep. Well, speaking of kids, <laughs> you, you wrote a, a resource called Every Season Sacred. And one of the things that, that as I was listening to more of the things that you do, reading some of your work, um, your passion for, uh, you know, helping p parents through busy seasons of life, helping them kind of uh, lean into those rhythms and things like that. So before we get started, though, um, Give us a background. How did you first come to faith in Christ? Uh, what did that journey look like for you? Yeah. So um, a little bit about me is that I grew up in the Midwest, um, kind of going to church a little bit here and there, but loving when I did. I was going to VBS and Wednesday night and those type of things. Um, and I was raised Presbyterian. And then I met a son of a Baptist pastor. And, and it was like, wow, our worldviews are so different. But we we ended up getting married and journeying in our own, kind of figuring out what is our faith that is our own besides our families of origin, right? And you start to figure it out or in college. Um, and that's kind of where I started to learn so much beauty in so many different backgrounds and traditions and denominations. And I feel like my faith has become this beautiful tapestry in Christ of so many different kind of perspectives, right? Like, gosh, I'm not Catholic, but I love some of the practices that my Catholic yeah. friends use. And I'm not Pentecostal, but I love their um, just beautiful faith in the Holy Spirit, right? So I have all yeah. of these different kind of elements um, and I feel like I have met God and keep meeting God and keep meeting Jesus um, in so many different seasons of my own life. So I, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I have four children. Uh, they joined our family through birth and adoption. Um, they're between the ages of seven and 12. And my professional background is journalism. Dave, that taps into a little bit what we were talking about before Kayla jumped on. Yeah. And we'll elaborate on that. Yeah. So I was just, we were talking about, uh, we had a guest on recently was kind of talking. It seems like I don't really fit into any one sort of denominational space, but we, we almost like exist in the, the, the cracks and spaces between the denominations. And it's easy, uh, as, and I talk, talk a lot, like, like you just did about, value that you see in different Christian spaces and how it kind of informed, like I appreciated about your work. I was telling as like you, you kind of introduce maybe the Christian year concepts in your writing, but it's not culturally situated. So uh, I enjoy using the book of common prayer sometimes in devotions and uh, some of the books, but you have to have some back. It's, it's not as user-friendly, uh, right. but then, in, but, but some ways like, people that exist between you don't 
really find a place where you totally fit? Like, are you comfortable with that? Or do you, you know, have you found a church home maybe that sort of is a good place for you to plug into? Or you just accept like, hey, I'm just a a traveler and this is kind of the role God has for me. Yeah. Well, my husband is a pastor um, and he actually now is pastoring. I don't know, only God, but he's pastoring the church I grew up in Oh wow! <laughs> and that we got married in. So we have had just a beautiful kind of journey and this full circle moment of um, really finding a space that draws in a little bit of that liturgical year. And I was telling um, a friend like, all Christians follow some sort of liturgical they year, do. right? Like we all celebrate Mother's Christmas Day, Father's Day and Easter, right? <laughs> and so we have these rhythms um, in, in our faith and in our year that kind of always bring us back and root us and keep us um, in all of our things. So I'm really grateful for um, just all of the different church communities that have poured into us. Um, and, you know, there's so much talk and there's so much valid talk about the harm that can be done in church settings. Um, and I am feel really grateful that I have seen a lot of beauty um, oh, that's great. in my own life and really grateful for that. Let's jump into parenting. I know a lot of our guests or a lot of those in our audience um, are younger, 25, 35 age range. And so you had a part in your book, I was kind of laughing because uh, you can tell the story better than I can, but you're taking family pictures, right? And then <laughs> things don't go exactly as planned. Your neighbor notices, comes over, tries to help you. And you end up uh, at the end of it, kind of running off to McDonald's. And <laughs> one of the lines that you said that I thought was interesting, you say, can't I just have one thing that's nice or something, something like that? Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you look at kids and you're like, it's because of you that we can't have nice things. <laughs> That's just fair. Because they, they love to get into everything. And so talk about that. You know, you talked about having children from birth and then adoption, four in your house. We're about ready to have four. What did that dynamic look like for you? How did that change your marriage and, and your view of God? Oh my gosh. I feel like I keep meeting God through each of my children. My kids are all very different. They have different needs. They have different abilities, different personalities, right? And with each one, there's so much joy and beauty and there's also pain. And that's with all parents and all children, right? But you really start to see those spots in your own self where you're like, okay, as I'm parenting you, I'm realizing you almost need to like reparent yourself in some way. Like, okay, there are things that I need to work through or figure out, or, um, you know, maybe there's a sore spot there that that's kind of poking when you're doing that, that's, you know, showing me something that <laughs> um, is something I can work on. But yeah, my kids, I mean especially with my two kids that came to our family through adoption. Um, there has been so much like a releasing of control um, because I like to, you know, kind of have things the way they are. You have a plan. This is how it's going to go. Um, and then you enter into something that um, God is doing and you don't yeah. get to make those choices, right? Like I don't get to decide when the consulate stamp stamps a visa for an international adoption. And so time and time again, or with my daughter, um, she joined us through domestic adoption and she has Down syndrome and a variety of um, disabilities and needs. And I 
I just have to have open hands. I don't get to like muscle my way through and get her from A to B. You know, I have to to just trust that God is with us um, in all of the unknowns. And that's so much about parenting and so much about life is just learning and relearning and relearning that we are not God. God is God. And we have to be able to open those hands and trust that God is with us, even in kind of the hardest moments of our lives. I'm just gonna, go ahead. I was just gonna, curious. One of the the phrases that really stuck out to me in your writing, sort uh, unforced rhythms, mm-hmm. and just with a family of four. Uh, so I, it seems like sort of the system that you put in, in the book is very accessible. But mm-hmm. maybe just curious, what are some unforced rhythms uh, that are that are kind of a part of your household that are, that are meaningful um, sort of either daily or weekly things or, or things that sort of, you know, you and your family sort of count on as times together, whether they're overtly discipleship moments or not, but just what are some of those unforced rhythms that are meaningful to you and your family? I love that. I think so much is like, we don't even realize we're doing it. I think so many families have rhythms in their lives And it's just so natural and organic that you don't even realize, oh, that's a key value to us is to spend time together on Saturdays, you know, or to to sleep in or the bedtime routines. I feel like when you have younger kids, those bedtime routines are so like kids thrive on those. Um, So that's something that's really big in our house is reading to our younger kids at night praying with them. Um, And then we always end with the Lord's prayer. And so that's like just kind of this, it doesn't seem to be something, you know, that we force into. It's just a natural kind of part of our day, you know? So um, that's one thing. I think some of the like kind of organic rhythms that our family gets into is just spending a lot of time together and kind of making that a priority. So there's so much vying for our attention grown-ups and kids alike there's activities there's there's never a lack of what you could be signing up for for any of you right and work is always going to be there and trying to figure out what are we going to say yes to and what are we going to say no to not because it's bad but just because we value time together and resting together. And so I love those kind of natural unforced rhythms that just kind of come out and flow out of kind of those values that you have that are meaningful to you um, and bringing closer to each other and to God and also give you time, you know, to care for yourself too. With your background in journalism and then having kids as a writer, you need time to write and that means time to think. Um, when when that starts to, that area of your life feels invaded, mm-hmm. how do you respond without getting frustrated, anxious? I mean, this is the common thing you hear, you hear among parents, right? Mm-hmm. I had a nice life and I love my kids, but. <laughs> and it's especially it's challenging for those of us that work from home. And, and it's such a gift to be able to work from home. And especially after 2020, the world has just changed. Like a lot of us parents are not are working from coffee shops and from our house and whatever. And it's wonderful, but we start to feel like 
we're pulled in so many different directions because there's always a need. There's always something that needs to be done. And I think that's a really real and honest struggle point for me and for a lot of parents because this this kind of myth of balance of you can do if you just do this 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 little kind of recipe then you can get it all right and you're always 100% on as a perfect parent and a perfect employee and a perfect christian and a perfect neighbor and a perfect spouse and whatever it is so you know i feel like every day is a new day and whatever worked yesterday might not work today and we're going to figure it out as we go and know that there has to be a little grace and flexibility Um, and maybe that's taking a step back from a couple deadlines maybe that's setting some boundaries and saying you know to my husband I have to go out of the house to get this this certain thing done or planning ahead to have childcare or whatever it is um because it can you can start to like tell yourself really negative stories like well if you were a better you know in my case if you were a better writer or if you were a better mom then you would get this stuff and everything would be done and there would be no dirty clothes in the hallway and your editor wouldn't be waiting on that article you know <laughs> so it's like but that that's not coming from god that's not jesus so it's really yeah. hard because we tell those mm-hmm. stories to ourselves all the time in the book, you have this practice of uh, breath prayer, breath prayers that I think maybe maybe some in our audience would not be familiar with. So maybe a question would be like, what is that? And in those moments where like those toxic self narratives come up, right? Mm-hmm. Have, have you, have you, uh, it seemed like that was an intentional practice that sort of jumped out at me. And actually, even even reading some of your work today, I was I was moved to to pray some of those prayers for just feeling certain ways in the situation. Like, man, that's Lord, thank you for that, right? But like, what it what is a breath prayer, and and why is that valuable? Because it seems so simple. Like, I'll let you define it. But like, why is that why has that been effective, or how has that been effective in in your life? I think for me, everything in our lives are so loud. It's just, we're bombarded with words. We're bombarded. If you're a parent, you're likely bombarded with noise and bombarded with needs. And a breath prayer is simply just on an inhale, praying like two to three words, like maybe, oh God. And then just exhale, you are with me, you know? And it's just this kind of practice to get you back in to a more rooted frame of mind to let your, you know, breath and your body kind of settle, you know, you're driving and the kids are screaming in the back of the minivan or your teenager comes home and slams the door and you're like, whoa, what, what is happening right now? And it's just this little, like, you don't have to have, you know, a perfect, quiet devotional space. You can just simply breathe, you know, and let, your breath kind of become a prayer. And that has been a a great practice for me because I feel so like depleted so much of my life and so like worded out. (laughs) And so that's kind of practice that really, if you look, goes back, you know, Christians have been praying like this and you can pull scripture and just on your inhale and exhale, pray through scripture. Um, Or you can just ask God for help. Like, God be with me, you know, and we don't have to overcomplicate 
that. And I think that helps me. Um, and, you know, I have friends that work um, in like counseling or therapy who are Christians and they're like, God made like our brains and our bodies to work together. So when we're breathing, right. our brains are actually calming down. Um, so it's really been a beneficial um, practice in my life. What about those moments you kind of go over the edge, right? Or you're tempted to go over the edge. I think a lot of parents, and those are the moments they really regret. And, or you think back in your childhood and you remember, oh, this was the time, you know, my mom and dad yelled at me because of this, right? Mm. When you feel, when you're kind of, uh, you're maxed out and then your kid comes in and they slam the door and they do something that, you know, really frustrates you. Mm. How do you strategically pull back in those moments when everything in you wants to explode? Goodness, that is such a good question. I think um, I, you know, and I write about this in the book because I think a lot of times in the Christian parenting space, we don't talk about our anger. We don't talk about those like triggers and um, what do we do in those moments? And I think for me is one, taking a breath, naming it, like I am really frustrated right now. Um, walking away, <laughs> acknowledging that uh, what I'm going to say right now is not going to be constructive. It's not going to be honoring. It's not my best self to, to say something out of this anger. So, you know, as a parent, sometimes what you do, you go to the bathroom and you shut the door. <laughs> you take a minute, you know, take a minute, um, being able to name it. And then just knowing that when we do need to apologize when we have done something that wasn't coming out of our best self, like apologizing, telling our kids, you know, when I raised my voice, I shouldn't have done that. That was not honoring to you. It wasn't honoring to myself. It wasn't honoring to God. I'm sorry I did that. Um, next time when I'm frustrated, I'm going to, you know, take a break yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And, and modeling that humility because everybody gets it wrong sometimes. So I think acknowledging yeah. that can be so huge. And it seems like it just um, through experimentation here, sometimes it seems like it's, it's helpful to when you do go over the edge, because there's been times I've raised my voice and I get frustrated and it, it's easy to then circle back and say, okay, well now the reason daddy raised his voice was because, and then bring it back to them again. But like you're saying, I think mm. it's really helpful just to stop and say, you know what? I was wrong. And then don't even go into what they were doing necessarily at that moment. And just because then it sends a model to them that, Hey, you know, when I make a mistake, it's actually my fault. I don't have to blame it back on someone else. Um, and yeah. it's so it's, you know, like if you have multiple kids yeah, um, that right. are having sibling, you know, argument, yeah. yep. they're going to apologize the way they've seen you apologize, oh, so you know, and it's so convicting because there's so much that our kids are seeing and or, you know, the people around us in our lives, they're seeing and that's how they're forming who we are and instead of, you know, necessarily what we say, we can tell them these are the five points to an apology, but if mm -hmm. they never hear us do it, it's probably not going to be very effective. So good. I, the other day, yesterday, I was trying to elicit an apology out of one of my kids and there was like an apology in there somewhere, but it was mostly interdispersed was like the excuses for why they did what they did, which they had a decent reason, mm -hmm. honestly. And I was just like, I preached them like, Hey, if you do something that you're that you think is wrong, own it, apologize and move on. And I was just like, oh, but last night 
when they aggravated me and I raised my voice and had to apologize, I started, like Ed said, with, you know, now you shouldn't have been doing this, 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 and this, but I get, you know, I guess I'm sorry for raising my voice rather than just owning it. And I think, I don't know, increasing very imperfectly, but increasingly, I'm just trying to own what I've done. And I don't, I feel like this is part of like our mutual submission to one another. Like in some ways I do submit to my kid. Like when I do something stupid, I feel like the issues come because like, I'm not going to be a perfect parent, but I think the Mm -hmm. issues come when I like self-justify and don't just be humble, just humble yourself, apologize. So yeah, thanks for, yeah, it's true. You know, and it can be really hard when we haven't had that a lot, maybe in our own lives. Um, And so trying to figure out how to kind of go first and and set a new path um, can be hard, but I think it matters. And I think, you know, it's so easy to like pile shame onto ourselves as well. Like, I've like, I got it so wrong or I up until now I've done things away. Now I'm going to try to do it a different way. And um, yeah, it's important to have a lot of like grace because God has a lot of grace for us. What about the seasons of parenting? I think of that in terms of, you mean, your book is titled Every uh, Season Sacred, but mm-hmm. I think of, so there's rhythms, I think of, of Christians that we have naturally that, that get broken up by, especially where you live, right? If you live in a cold environment, you're feeling different ways in May than you are in January and so forth. Um, what about the seasons of parenting? Do, do you notice specific areas where you struggle throughout the year with parenting in other areas? Uh, so maybe areas where you need to be especially guarded because I know it's February or I know, I know it's, you know, September and the kids are going back to school. And are there, are there areas like that, that you especially watch? Oh my gosh. It's, it is so, I feel like family life and domestic life is so cyclical, especially with children. So one, your kids, it might just be like ages and stages of parenting. So you're like in a season of babies or toddlers like that's a whole thing just in and of itself right and then we think about the rhythms and the seasons of the year where where we live in Iowa in January and February it is hard everything is cold and gray and everybody's been cooped up with each other you're inside together people are getting sick and it's just dark and you really feel like spring might never come. Like we might never see the sun again. There might never be green sprouting out from the earth. Um, And so I think for me, those are the hardest seasons. Um, But, you know, there are just, I feel like when our lives get so full, like the end of the year of school, the beginning of the year with school, then all of a sudden it's Advent and Christmas and all of those expectations and things that we're trying to do. And then we add this kind of like spiritual sauce on it too, right? Like, so, well, now we also need to like bring Jesus into all of the school performances and the presents. And we just start like so much stuff. And then as we're talking right now, it's more in the summer months and it's like, everybody's home and the schedule we finally got figured out has changed all over again. So I feel like with parenting, as soon as you get used to one season, it's changing. Mm. (laughs) But I love, I love thinking about how hard that late winter is because spring always does come, you know, now it's sunny and it's so hot and we can't imagine 
ice and blizzards and all of that. And I feel like there's so much hope in that because in the seasons of like my spiritual life, when it feels like everything is hard and there's so much struggle and grief and wondering, like it won't last forever. There, there is a new season coming and Easter is coming in some way. So yeah. Yeah. That's I feel like there was a biblical writer that said something in, about that somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it, it's a funny thing because you do have all these different rhythms. And then when you settle into one and then all of a sudden you enter a new phase, I mean, we have a six-year-old, four-year-old, um, a one-year-old, almost two, and then one due in September. And so it's just a, it's just a different stage of life right now. And there's certain yeah. things that you're like, man, you know, just simple things like going around for a walk. Like we would go around, but pretty much you have to have a babysitter if you're, if you're going to do that by ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things like that, 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 you know, you just, you just kind of go through, well, going back to the seasons thing, cause I'm kind of curious about that. Um, how have you found God's shaped you from season to season and with change, with uncertainty, how does that part of the, the journey, your life's journey, how does that strengthen your character? ways that we don't have that change it we tend to stay stagnant right right well I think that God has been really gracious to me that I'm a very curious person right that's probably why I went into journalism because it it's an excuse to pepper people with questions and be nosy and maybe that's why you guys like doing a podcast right you could ask all the questions that's right, that's right. we don't have <laughs> to give I the answers like, just the questions yes and I feel like so many times we maybe feel like we can't ask God the hard questions, the question behind the questions, the the wonderings mm-hmm. and the doubts. And I have found that um, God has been really gracious with me and being able to open up those questions and have curiosity and know that I don't have to have all the answers to walk with Christ, you know, and I think that has also then come into my parenting too, right? Because kids ask great and really hard questions and usually right before bed. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I have no idea how to answer this question about like heaven and wow, or why there was a war and why did God allow this to happen? I mean, it gets so hard and so big and knowing that when our kids ask me, like I can ask God and we can enter into curiosity together and we can grow um, kind of in love and in wonder and even in our lament together. Yeah. You deal with words all day and it's almost a point where words can add to the clutter of life. Yes. And it just, you drown in words. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a great point. Like you, I had a professor that said, like, God's not afraid of your tough questions. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes I'm so hesitant or even now talking about seasons, uh, we're we're moving here in the next month. Mm -hmm. And I have an almost teenager. She's almost 13. And she's starting to ask the the questions used to be more black and white. And now they're getting they're getting much more nuanced and deeper and they require a lot of thought. And sometimes it's like, man, we we need to chew on this together, sweetie, you know, Mm -hmm. but just that God is going to be faithful to us in this new season um like i remember the 
frustration of like if we can just get them using the toilet by themselves and walking across the street looking both ways like yes and now i'm just like i really <laughs> can we keep her here you know and she's like yeah. moving out so quickly you know but yeah. god's god's faithful and yeah so i have a question for you in in relation to sort of the rhythms that you have in the book specifically mm-hmm. what what was sort of the impetus behind what you like what i you know some of that's in the introduction but you know, what are you trying to provide for families in writing this? Because I mean, there are like family discipleship books out there and stuff of, of all sorts of stripes and flavors. Some of them leave me sort of discouraged because I'm like, I don't have 45 minutes at the dinner table. You know, I have six and a half if all the stars align. So like, what was your thinking behind sort of this family seasons discipleship yes. book? What, 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 was, yeah. what was moving you to do it? A hundred percent. Like, no, I literally know zero parents who are like, we have this overflow of time for these beautiful family devotionals and our children just cooperate so beautifully. You know, people's lives are really, really full. And I wrote a book that I needed and I wrote a book that my family needed. So I wanted to write a book that specifically cared for the soul of a parent, right? That didn't ignore the hard things that also brought in kind of the wonder and the glory and like the beauty of kind of our actual lives, like our real lives can be sacred right now if we're awake to it. So I wanted to write something that that really honored parents, that didn't talk down to them, that didn't write a book that was like prescriptive, right? Like do these things and then this will happen. Like less of a guidebook and more and more of like just a handhold like here you go here's something that you can flip open for the journey it's short um but it doesn't offend your intelligence in some way you know because sometimes things can just be unfortunately can be a little cheesy or can not acknowledge like the headlines we're reading on our phones, you know? So I wanted something that kind of brought in all of the different layers of our actual lives and pointed us to something bigger. Um, I feel like I could have written a better parenting book when I was 21. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was just a lot. It was oh, a lot yeah. Then. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, my kids are only going to play with wooden toys. And it's like, don't even look at my house now. It's just covered in plastic and batteries. And, you know, yeah. all the things that I thought we were going to do is very different. But so I wanted to write a book that I wanted and that I knew moms and dads in my life might connect with, you know, something that is an invitation and an offering and and a reflection, you know? Um, But then I also wanted, okay, so fill up your own soul each week and then be able to connect with the people in your life, connect with your kids, connect with your spouse, the people that live inside your home. And so I kind of brought in that journalist side of me where I'm like, let's just talk to each other. Let's just ask questions, right? And you don't have to have anything formal. You can just flip through, grab a couple open-ended questions. They're not, you know, they're they're faithful sometimes, but sometimes they're just connection points. They're not like, what do you think of this Bible story? You know, like that has a place and that's, that's good, but that's not what this book is. So this book is kind of, how can we then connect with each other and connect with God? So there's, Every kind of week throughout the year has a little bit of a theme that kind of follows a seasonal um, thread. And then, so then there's 
a prayer at the end that you can pray if you want to. There's kind of two different versions, one kind of for younger ages and stages, and then one that's a little more kind of liturgical or poetic or for mm-hmm. older people, um, but just a way to kind of connect and see that God is here in all of this. God is with us on the baseball field and in the hospital and when we're loading the dishwasher and everything in between, you know, like God is with us. God does not turn away from the hard headlines that we read and the things that our kids um, see on the news and have questions. That's a key point right there, because I think, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents, I fell into this trap. It's just a natural trap to fall into when you're single you go through the change and you get married and then you realize, okay, I have to split sometimes my time in half and I have to reprioritize that there's that, but you still have time uh, to, I can get up and I can have my devotions in the morning and my mm-hmm. personal worship time with God. And then I have good rhythms before bedtime. And then all of a sudden you add a few kids and then it feels like your rhythms are con- constantly invaded. And especially for new parents, I think if they're going through that, there's a little bit of feelings of guilt because they're thinking, oh, I'm not praying like I used to. I'm not reading the Bible like I used to. But I think from hearing what you're saying, the beauty of this is when when you, I think, grow in parenting, hopefully, is, is you're able to incorporate that all throughout your life. You're able to incorporate prayer when you're up at two in the morning with, mm-hmm. with a kid and things like yeah. that. You know, might not look the same as before, but it becomes a little more holistic. Um, just a quick thought, a question here. Uh, so you write prayer as a checklist from child to parent connecting in the comings and goings of our lives. Um, how has parenting changed the way that you pray and communicate mm. with, with God? Oh my gosh. So much, so much. And one thing is that's really, I've thought a lot about, and I'm still thinking a lot about is I have a daughter that's nonverbal, right? So all of my life is in words. And my daughter doesn't use words to communicate, but she communicates all the same. And I think about the Holy Spirit and those kind of wordless groans, right? And I wonder, like, maybe I've overcomplicated prayer way too much. Like, maybe God just wants to be with me. Maybe I can listen, you know? I don't have to have, you know, these perfect words or pray in the perfect way I can just be and I can just have that kind of ongoing conversation with God all the time so it's like you know my daughter has disabilities I change a lot of diapers and it's not fun as she gets older right to continue to change those diapers but as I change the diapers sometimes I just pray right like maybe it's a breath prayer or maybe it's just like God you got you love Eliza and so do I you know and so these are the prayers that I'm praying all the time and they don't have to be this beautiful, you know, liturgical thing or this, this, um, prayer that's like big and bold and spontaneous. And, and it could just be this quiet rhythm that God is with me. The Holy Spirit is with me throughout all of the ins and outs through all the different seasons of my life. And my parenting. Yeah. So I've learned a lot from my daughter in that way. I know we got to wrap up here, but Dave, any other questions, thoughts? No, I would just challenge anybody that might be struggling or just have, have got one of those books that end up leaving you feeling a bit like, like in induced with guilt because, you know, you didn't do the half hour routine. And so you scrap it for nothing. 
and uh just just to uh take Kayla's invitation to get into some unforced rhythms that are that are easy that are natural and um yeah I I think uh going forward I think this being more intentional about breath prayers I think just I think that's going to be a takeaway that I had from this conversation and from your writing so yeah thank you yeah big takeaway for me as well um what are you, Kayla, what are you excited about? What's, uh, you know, someone's supposed to check, you know, obviously they'll check out the book and we'll link to that in the show notes below and your website and all that stuff. But uh, any big projects coming down the next few weeks that uh, our listeners should know about? You know what? I love recording um, the Liturgies for Parents podcast because that's another rhythm in my life that holds me accountable, right? Every yeah. week we are joining in prayer and reading scripture and kind of meditating on that. And I write a benediction for parents, which is just kind of like a blessing and a send off. And I always am like, oh, that's a lot of work. But then I'm like, no, this is holding me. This is keeping me in a rhythm of of faith. Right. And so I love doing it. And I really, I always look forward to hearing from other parents, right? Like I don't write in a vacuum. And so when I hear from other parents and have you ever considered writing a prayer about this or we're walking through this? Or, those are the things that make me feel like, okay, I'm, I'm where I need to be. And, and I feel excited about that. Yeah. That's the value of podcasting and things like yeah. that. And because just personally, because it holds you to a rhythm and you end up talking to people and thinking about things where otherwise you might go months without really right. thinking through that stuff. So yeah. yeah, that's great, great, great stuff. Kayla, thank you for joining us today. It's been an honor to have you on. Thank you so much. So a great conversation here with Kayla. And I hope that if you're a parenting, you're going kind of through the middle of it. And she, she has a lot going on, especially, you know, um, having kids and then kids that are adopted as well. Um, it's just it's just a busy season of life. And so I appreciate people that actually write from the middle of that, right? Yeah. Because Sometimes it's easy, even maybe maybe when your kids are growing or especially when, you know, everything's perfect to, to write from that perspective. But when you're going in the middle of it, uh, that informs the way that you write. And you really get a sense for that uh, when you read her material. Yeah, I would encourage even if you're uh, not a parent and you're in your audience to, to think about some of the practices. I, I think as and I both kind of resonated with the breath prayers, but even just, uh, you know, as before before we were recording today, you know, breathing in Holy spirit, breathing out, breathe new life into me today. Yeah. Or, uh, I you don't have to think that's weird. I think so. But here's the deal as I used to think, uh, so just as a moment of vulnerability, I, I, I have Anglican friends that taught me how to make the sign of the cross on my forehead and across my body. And I remember doing that in worship and thinking, man, that's so weird. Mm-hmm. And then I did it a couple of times and it, it's reminding me that I'm in Christ who I am. I'm a son of, of God. And all of a sudden this practice, it's a tangible way. And your, your body is all connected. Like we're embodied souls, right? So all of these things you breathe in and you say something, it helps you focus. And I would just encourage somebody, you know, take a scripture, you're reading through Psalm 46 and, you know, be still know that I'm God. And so I breathe in and just say, Lord, I'm still, and then breathe out. I know that you're God or, Um, I don't have to fear, breathe in, breathe out for you're with me. Like you can turn most Psalms. Like if you, if you have a pattern of reading something, most scriptures could be turned into breath prayers. And I don't know, I'm just on the front end of this, but as I've been thinking about this in preparation, 
just over a bit of time, it's already, it's ministered to me. And I would challenge maybe, I don't know, what is there something in the conversation that sort of popped out to you? Yeah, no, I'd say right right along there, uh, near the end of our conversation when she was talking about that, I think that's really helpful because, again, like I said, it was a little bit of a struggle for me early on uh, to adjust to all of a sudden it's a new season of life. I think one of the things for me that crept up on me is I didn't realize how much I needed sleep. And when it's interrupted, that's the thing. You might you know, be in bed for a long time, but if it's constantly interrupted, you're going to be more tired. And, yeah, you know, messing with your sleep cycles, right? Yeah. Your window of tolerance shrinks as a person. You're more emotional. Yep. All of those things, yeah, we're, they're all connected, right? They're not isolated. And I think being able to head things off quicker, that's, that's a big thing. Even like, this gets into a separate topic with like marriage, but when you first get married, every argument's a big deal. And then you, you know, it takes a couple hours to resolve. And then occasionally you have those things today, but generally it's quicker, right? You say, oh, okay, well, I'm sorry, I messed up. And then you don't have to wait as long. Parenting, it's just, it's a little bit of that adjustment, at least for me, it's, it's been, yeah. because, you know, it just takes time. So anyways, well, I hope that those of you listening or watching can check out uh, Kayla's uh, material. Every season sacred, great resource for you, especially if you're going in the middle of uh, a parenting journey right now. So have a great week. We'll talk to you all again soon. Thank you for listening to the Monday Christian Podcast. To support our vision and find new ways to put your faith into action throughout the week, visit themondaychristian.com. That's themondaychristian.com.